my pleasure, believe me. Thank you very much for having me. Fred, thanks for uh, joining me. You know, you were drafted by the New York Yankees in 1970, but you chose to attend USC instead, and, and that ended up being a really good decision for you as you won uh, three straight College World Series championships. Well, you know, when I was in high school, uh, I was being scouted uh, when I was a sophomore. And so we were used to uh, talking to scouts, my dad and I, mostly my dad, and I listened. And I was always going to go to school, college. I mean, that was the program. And I got a scholarship to go to the University of Southern California for football. And so we told all the scouts that were at our games that my son, you know, my dad said, my son's going to college, don't draft him. <laughs> but the Yankees drafted me anyway. And I, I tell this story all the time. The scout comes to the house and, and you know, he said, well, we've seen your son. You know, we would like him to be a part of the AK organization. My dad said, he's going to school. He's going to SC to play football and baseball. And, you know, you just kind of wasted your pick. He said, but we're the New York Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so that's kind of how that worked out. Uh, yeah, it, it worked out really well for me. Had I signed out of high school, I don't think I would have had the impact I did in the major leagues, uh, my, like my first year, because uh, I learned so much at USC and I, I played international baseball as an amateur. So it was a really great decision uh, by my dad and myself uh, to go to USC. You know, you mentioned that first year, and uh, we're going to talk about that now because you know you you were drafted again in, in '73, this time by the Red Sox, ironically the Yankees' uh, arch rival. Um, but your rookie season, Fred, has really been was like no rookie season before. It was. Uh, if not the greatest rookie season in Major League history, I, I I challenge anybody to tell me one that's better. You you batted three thirty one with 21 home runs and 105 RBIs. You led the American League in doubles, runs scored, slugging percentage. You finished second in batting to Rod Carew, and you won a gold glove. Um, you, you were named the 1975 Rookie of the Year and Most Valuable Player. Uh, I mean, what can you say about that season? What was it like to start your career that way? You know, when you have that kind of a year, I used to tell the, the Boston Riders to say, you know what, I don't know that I can have this year every year, <laughs> but I'm certainly going to try. But, uh, you know, I set the bar pretty high for myself. But I've always done that. And even, even when I was a little kid, uh, I was doing things that other kids hadn't done before. So, and again, I, I, I harken back to my amateur days. I, I got to do some things as an amateur that other players had never done before. It's just that no one in those days knew about it. Um, and then when I got to Boston, you know, it wasn't just me. You know, Jimmy Rice was there, Rick Burleson. I mean, Cecil Cooper was a young guy. Even Carlton Fisk was like 26, 27, something like that. So we had a lot of young guys. And so no one could just focus on, you know, one guy in the lineup. And all uh, the attention was on me. It was on basically the, the team. And we went into that season I don't know if you remember, but there were pretty much low expectations because the team had not done well that year before to close out the year. And we had so many young guys, they just said, well, we'll just see what happens. And it just so happens that we played really well together, the mesh of the young guys and the veterans. Um, it was a magical season. And it just wasn't me. You know, Jimmy Rice and I, uh, gosh, I, I don't think there's ever been two rookies that came up on the same team that were on a pennant contender that hit like three, four in the lineup that took over. Uh, that just never happened prior to, and I don't think it's happened since. 
You mentioned that was a magical season for the Red Sox, uh, and it certainly was. You you had a magical day. Well, you had a lot of magical days that season, but I wanted to talk to talk to you about the one that happened on June 18th at Tiger Stadium where you, you hit three home runs and you drove in 10 runs, had 16 total bases in one game. Um, how much do you remember that game? And, and, and what you were pretty locked in that day, huh? <laughs> I remember it quite well, to be honest. Um, the Ironically, the night before, I had a 20-game hitting streak stopped um, by Mickey Lolich, a, a tough Detroit left-hander. And I think I went 0 for 4 or 5, something like that. So the next day, I went to the ballpark early to take extra BP, and uh, Dwight Evans threw me uh, batter practice. I remember it quite well. And um, I remember, you know, when you were a rookie back then, you'd never seen the guys that you're facing ever. And, you, and somebody would say, yeah, uh, I was facing Joe Coleman. Yeah, he throws a curveball. He's got this. He's got that. But until you step into the box, you don't know. You know, there's no uh, film to watch. So Joe Coleman's showing, and, you know, I just uh, saw the ball really well, obviously. And in the first three innings, I went homer, homer, triple, and had driven in seven in the first three innings. Um, so it was it was crazy. And, and the last time I came up, in the, I think it was the ninth, and I hit another three-run homer, uh, obviously meaningless for the game because we won 15-1, to but I'd never, I hadn't hit three home runs in a game since Little League. And I only did that once, so it was it was a crazy game, uh, one of those once in a lifetime things. It just happened to happen my first year, like seems like everything else. That first year was was extremely magical, as we said. Um, but a year that you had that was really also very tremendous, that I think sometimes maybe get gets a little bit forgotten because of how great '75 was 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 1979. You. You led the league with a three thirty three average at 39 homers, 122 RBIs, and 42 doubles. Um, I really think that you could have won a second MVP that year. What was that year like for you? That was an interesting year for the club. You know, Jimmy Rice and I, going into August, we were both kind of staring at triple crown numbers because, yeah, I think he was right behind me in average, and, and I was kind of hanging with him with home runs, which was a first. <laughs> that normally didn't happen. And then uh, RBIs, I was I was up there in the league league and, and those like, all three categories as was Jimmy. So we again we had two guys on one team uh, vying for the triple crown. I mean that's it was, it was crazy. Um, we as a team we were kind of in it till late and then we just couldn't quite put it together uh, to win the whole thing. But again it was a, a strong club. I remember. I had a, a pull to groin probably late August, something like that, and it really kind of affected the way I turned on balls in September. So my power dropped off just a little bit, um, but that's obviously the most home runs I'd ever hit uh, in the big leagues. And prior to that season, I, I worked out with a Nautilus for weight machines for the first time ever because no one knew about the weightlifting in those days. And so I put on some muscle, and I was hitting balls a lot further than I was used to hitting them. So it was it was a kind of an interesting year personally. And as far as the MVP is concerned, uh, Donnie Baylor won it that year, and his team won the Angels. And you know my team didn't, and that's what the guys told me. So well, if your team would have won, you probably would have won. Um, but a couple of years later, Robin Yount won the MVP, and his team finished like fourth. So I said, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's go back to 79. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they changed the rules on you mid, midway. Yeah. But, you know, I, I didn't, uh, to 
being a, I, I never really played the game for those kinds of accolades. I, I played because um, when I was a kid, I was good at it, and I enjoyed competing. And I've, I've, I loved competing to help my team win. And I was fortunate enough to be on winning teams basically my whole life. And you know, that's a driving force uh, for me is, is winning. Um, and the other things were just kind of gravy. You know, you win awards and things like that. It's not really why I played, but uh, it was nice to get them. But I didn't worry about them when I didn't. One of the things, Fred, that uh, I think is most impressive about your career is is that when the stakes were highest, that's when you played your best. Uh, whether it was the postseason, uh, you know, in 15 postseason games, you batted over 400 with a couple of home runs and 13 RBIs. Of course, you were the MVP of the 1982 ALCS. Or in the All Star game, you know, you were you were uh, batted over, or th- I think you had a 300 batting average and nine All Star appearances. Of course, the famous Grand Slam, which I'm going to ask you about in a few minutes, but. What was it about those clutch, high-stakes situations that, that rose your game to the next level? I, I believe, um, you know, I like playing against the best guys. I, I like playing against the best teams. One of the reasons I think I did well in All-Star games is because I like playing in those games. I, I enjoyed facing Tom Seaver for the first time. I enjoyed facing Steve Carlton or Randy Johnson. I love that stuff. I mean, to me, that's why you play. I, you know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good player. I'm going to play against the best, see how I do. And if there's more people watching, the more I'm into it. I, I love that. Um, that just brings out the juices for me. And so when you put me in those situations, either an all-star game or playoff atmosphere, I tend to do better because I'm really, really focused. I'm really, this is why I do it uh, I, for these moments. Um, I love playing the Yankees when I was with the Sox, 55,000 people. You know what was the coolest thing is to make 55,000 people go silent. Mm. Um, you know, make a defensive player do something offensively. Those kinds of things are great fun. <laughs> and if you don't enjoy the big stage like that, then I don't know if you're in the right business. One, one of your biggest moments on the big stage, of course, was the 1983 All-Star Game where you became the first player to ever hit a, a Grand Slam in an All-Star Game. Can you take me back to that night? Sure. Um, prior to that, that, that was my ninth appearance uh, as an All-Star and we'd lost every one. I think the Nationals had won like 11 out of 12, something like that. And to be fair to the American League, the National League, their lineup didn't change like for like 10 years, seemed like. There's the same guys. Whereas the, we, the, in the American League, there was an influx of new players. And anytime you're in your first All-Star game, you're nervous. I don't care who you are. And so you get a lot of young guys or first-timers being nervous against the old veteran team. Chances are they're going to beat you. And they, and they did. So uh, I knew that going in. Obviously, um, we as American League wanted to beat the Nationals. Uh, there was a rivalry. Uh, I mean, the American League president used to call us up personally. We got to beat these guys. <laughs> We're tired of losing. They may fail. Uh, we call us individually. So it wasn't just uh, an exhibition. You know, we're we're trying to beat them. And and Chicago's my hometown. I had a lot of uh, relatives at the game. And coming into that third inning, Rice had hit a home run of Atley, a Hammaker, and, and Hammaker had some crazy ERA. It's like 1.2 or some, some 
ridiculously low ERA. He was having a great year. And um, the inning progressed, and they, we got second and third, and Robin Yount was coming up, and they walked Robin to load the bases to get to me. Okay, so, you know, that gets your attention. Um, they think that, you know, you're a sitting duck. So, again, now this is amplified tenfold when somebody does that to you. You, you take it personally, at least I did. And so I was, you know, I, I knew Allie was tough, especially on lefties. Um, but I got a 2-2 curveball, and uh, I fouled off one earlier in the count, and I didn't miss this one. And then when I hit it, I knew it was gone, and, and I put a supply, I forget, it was 7-8-1, something like that. And I knew we were going to win, and we did, 13-3. to And if you look, from that time on, the American League is dominated. So it's a big switch from the Nationals dominating us to, from that point, to the American League pretty much dominating the Nationals. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that one. I'm speaking with the great Fred Lynn right here on BT Talks Baseball. And Fred, you know, you played for five different teams in your career, but is it fair to say that your six seasons in Boston or your six full seasons in Boston where you were an all-star every season and three-time Gold Glover, that's the part of your career you look back uh, most fondly on? Yes. Um, you know, I, I was drafted by the Sox, came up through the minor league system um, with the Sox and with Jimmy Rice and uh, Rooster Rick Burleson and a couple other guys. So we all we all came up together, and there was a bond there. I don't think that any of us thought that we'd ever play for another team. I didn't. Uh, when it, those days in the early seventies, when you signed with the club, you were pretty much locked in until the free agency thing came in seventy six, and then players started to be able to move around a little bit. So yeah, I was. Uh, I look back on those teams. Why do I like them so much? Because we were really good. I think we averaged 95 wins for six years. In today's uh, game, you'd be in the playoffs every year. Sure. Every one of our guys would be a household name because you'd see them in the playoffs all the time. And that's when people watch. So uh, we only made the playoffs uh, my first year. And I could, we lost to the Yankees in that playoff game in 78. We won 99 games, went home. In 77, we won 97 games, went home. <laughs> so these are really good ball clubs <laughs> that a lot of team or a lot of people in, in the States didn't really get to see because they, they, we didn't get to the playoffs. So uh, I, I really look fondly back on my um, time with the Sox, uh, not only because I have a lot of friendships there, but because we were really, really good. What, what did it mean to you in 2004 when the Sox finally uh, broke the curse and won the championship? That was a big deal. Um, I remember quite vividly sitting up in um, my game room and um, uh, watching the final out, and I, I got emotional about it um, because I, I felt for the fans. You know, when you play for the Sox in the era that I did, you felt for the fans. I mean, I, I felt for the team, my teammates too, because we came so close and I felt terrible. But I also felt badly for the for the fans. And so the, my first thought was, oh man, the only go ahead and can celebrate. It's, it's done. And not only did they win, but they went through the Yankees to do it in an unprecedented fashion. So it was the coolest thing that I could think of. In fact, uh, ESPN was here at the house and and we did a kind of a, a simulcast for like five or six other uh, Red Sox alums, and we're all 
on the screen to the guy that looked like the Brady Bunch and uh, got our reactions. And it was it was really special. Uh, not only, like say, to me as, as a player, but um, I knew uh, that the fans were just going to go crazy. Hey, Fred, you've always been an extremely classy guy on and off the field. I, I can't thank you enough for your time tonight, and thank you for joining me right here on BT Talks Baseball. Well, anytime I get to talk uh, from somebody from Long Island, it's, it's, a, it's a great pleasure, believe me. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Be, be well, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, buddy.